You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Oge Ogwe, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's do God's word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say hi to three people around you. It's nice to see you in church. Why are you guys always in a hurry to sit down? Pastor Chisholm, it's nice to see you in church. Oh yeah, you can sit down now. while they do the other thing. We've been taking a teaching series on God's love <clears throat> up until now. And... Um, There's someone on this side of the church. Your parents are involved in, I think the, the technical name for it is clearing and forwarding. They receive shipments from abroad and then clear it in Nigeria and then offload and sell. Who is the person? I want to pray for you. Come to me. Father, in the name of Jesus. No, you just face me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak against the plans of the enemy to upturn the works 
of this family. Every plan that the enemy has initiated to bring about catastrophe and disaster is thwarted now. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare over your family's business, only the counsel of God will stand. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise the Lord. So today, I want to take a teaching that I have titled The Quest for Completeness or The Quest for Complete. The Quest for Complete. Praise the Lord. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. Let us read Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. Everybody read Colossians 2.10 together. Once you go, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Again, as loud as you can. And you are complete in him. Many times when we teach on dating relationships, we would usually highlight how you don't need anybody to complete you because you are completing Christ. And so, you ought not to look for a partner as though you are incomplete and you need someone to complete you. You understand that? And that, that, that's true. That holds true. Nobody is your better half. <laughs> when God created you, he saw that you were good. Amen. Amen. No one is your better half. It's not two halves coming to make one. It's two whole people coming together to make one. Do you understand? Uh -huh. So the concept of the better half, the concept of completing the square or completing one another is not biblical. It's not what the Bible teaches. However, there is a concept in scriptures around the whole idea of being complete. You see, I think it was E.W. Kenyon that described two kinds of realities for the believer. You have your legal realities and your vital realities. Your legal realities are... Do you, I, do you want me? Okay. Forgive me. There's no sound, nothing. All right, is it working? Can you hear me? Your legal realities are those realities as stated in scripture. Amen. All right. Those realities are stated in scripture. So when the Bible says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it's a legal reality. It's legal because 
something was paid for it and then in in God's justice system it holds true do you understand good good but then those rea- legal realities need to translate to vital realities and that is even if you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus vitally that is as you are alive here and now that righteousness needs to play out in the life that you live does that make sense yes. and so you would read scriptures like um, he has made us holy and blameless before him but at the same time you would see an instruction like be holy as your father is holy and if you don't understand the balance between these legal and vital realities you'll be confused are we holy or should we be holy but what is what a very good scripture where the two of them are balanced is Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 10 for you are saved by grace through faith not of, um, and, that's, and that's the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast verse 10 for you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works Amen. Unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should work, walk in them. And so, even if I'm saved by grace through faith, and it is the gift of God, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So I'm not saved by works. Amen. Amen. But I am his workmanship, created unto good works. So I'm not saved by works, but I'm saved to work. Are you with me? I'm not saved by works, but I'm saved to work. My good deeds will not save me, but my salvation will play out in good deeds. My salvation is a legal reality, but the the good deeds are the vital parts of that legal reality. Are you with me? So many times when you read scripture, you will see... Almost as if it's where, as it were, contradictions. But when you understand the balance of legal realities and vital realities, you realize it's not really a contradiction, but it's, I think it's called quid pro quo. Or one is as a result of the other. So I am the righteousness of God, so I must do righteous. Amen? I must live right because I am the righteousness of God. And the righteousness of God should not lead me into um, licentiousness, living anyhow. You see, it's exactly what Paul says when he says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. And here was his excuse. He says, how will we who say we are dead to sin be alive in it any longer? So, yay, sin no longer has power over me. I am dead to sin. But there is an implication. I can't live in sin. Are you following? Yes, sir. Great. So when you read Colossians chapter 2, where he says, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all things. It's nice and good. But then you read a scripture like 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 17. Let's start from verse 16. If you can put it up in the NKJV or some newer translation, I'll appreciate. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. Verse 17. So that the man of God may be what? So now you have a question. Are we complete in Christ or not? 
are we complete in Christ or not? We are complete in Christ as a legal reality. But here and now, scriptures will guide us closely until we get to that legal reality. Do you understand? It's the way God sees us. God calls you holy, righteous, even if you know that you make mistakes, you do the wrong things, you sin every now and again. God calls you that because it's in his nature to call forth those things that be not as though they were. Are you following? So he calls you that. But after he calls you that, the next thing he does is he begins to lead you towards the completion of what he has called you. He that has begun a good work in you, he will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. So you are perfect, but you are being perfected. Are you getting it? You are complete, but you are being completed. Does this make sense? Yes, Great. Another scripture is James chapter 1. I think verse 2. Consider it great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Endurance, verse 4. But endurance must do its complete work so that diverse trials and temptations, because you know that the trials will work endurance, and endurance must do its full work so that you may be mature and complete, wanting nothing lacking nothing so it is true that you don't need anybody to complete you as a believer you don't need a better half you don't need um um your whole world i don't know those funny names we name our booze and bays we don't need that however there is a call to completeness or completing or perfection in the Christian faith. There is a call to it. Do you hear what I'm saying? There is a call to maturity. When he says that you may be complete, he uses the word mature. The Greek word for that word complete is teleos, which means to be mature. To have matured. The, the idea... That is being presented when he uses that word mature. It's like when you go to school. In your 100 level, you know some things. Let's say you went to school to read engineering. In your 100 level, you just know some basic things that you carried over from secondary school. 200 level, you built on the knowledge a little bit, but you're still growing. 300, 400. But then they expect that by the time you've touched 500 level and you've completed the 500 level course, you should be mature at least as a graduate. Do you understand what I'm saying? As a graduate, you should be mature in the field of engineering to a level. Now you go for a master's degree and you're even more mature than you were before. And then you go for a, a, a PhD. The, the reason why, the meaning of the word PhD is doctor of philosophy and it's doctor of philosophy because um, in Every way that this subject can be thought about, you have been grilled and you have been groomed in it. Do you understand? So we expect that someone who comes out and says, I have a PhD in engineering, is complete in engineering. You are at the pinnacle of engineering. Do you understand? So when the Bible says that you may be mature, that the man of God may be truly furnished, complete unto every good work. The Bible is saying that there is, an, that there is a level of growth that you must touch 
as a believer that it expects of you while you are here as a vital reality. Why am I saying this in a dating and teaching, dating and relationship um, conversation? Because many times, the problem with your relationship is not that you are a bad person, it's that you are an immature believer. You see, there are many things that if you just grow as a Christian in, you would do better in every other aspect of your life. So for instance, we read James chapter 1. James chapter 1 told us, Count it all joy when you face diverse trials and temptations. Knowing this, that the trying or the test of your faith will walk in you patience or endurance. And when endurance has done its complete work or its full work, it will produce a complete and mature person. This means that the Bible believes that when the believer faces trials and temptations and overcomes those trials and temptations or even goes through tough times, right? He is meant to come out and the trophy of having passed through a tough time is endurance, patience. It must have taught you some level of patience. Now, can we all agree that if somebody serves you breakfast, it's a tough time? You guys don't believe it, be quiet. <laughs> Can we agree? But we learn every other thing but patience from those tough times. Some of us come out with the resolution that I'm going to drink wickedness. And I will serve every other person that I see wickedness. Keep on going. God bless you. Some people come out with the resolution to fear women. It's not really a bad resolution. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I promise that I'm joking. All right. Some people come up. We, we learn all the wrong things. But guess what? We don't learn patience. We never sit down and ask, what could I have been more patient with in the last relationship? How could I, what did I need to learn? You know, there's something patience does to you. There is a way it opens your eyes to identify the errors that you made. There was someone that I spoke to a couple of weeks ago. I think she had just gone through a breakup. And then she was ranting about how the boy is this, the boy is that, the boy did this, men are this, men are that. And I said, I agree with you. Everything is about men. I agree with you. But what were your mistakes in the relationship? The question took her back. I said, what were your mistakes? What did you do wrong in the relationship? I'm not asking for maybe you insulted him. Sometimes what you did wrong was you were too accommodating when you shouldn't have been. Sometimes what you did wrong was that you were not patient enough. Right? Sometimes what you did wrong... So I asked her, what were your own mistakes in the relationship? She said, I've never thought about that. I said, you've been ranting since. What is going to happen is that you will just be angry, 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 angry. Then one day you stop being angry. Then you enter the next relationship and make the same mistakes again. So the Bible teaches us that in our quest for completeness, right? 
when we pass through trials and temptations, when we pass through tough times, we should come out with the trophy of endurance, with patience. I've learned patience. All the tough times you've passed through, you've still not learned to be patient with God. If you're passing through a tough time, once it started, God, why will I be going through something like this? It's like you don't love me. It's like you don't like me. And then God is just watching you. Because he will eventually bring you out of it. But everything you should have learned while you were in that season, you didn't learn. You spent it complaining. Now another tough time comes. You just go right back to default setting. Why would I? And then you've not learned patience. And one day God is going to ask you, when will you learn to be patient? So many people rush into relationships because of this problem. So, for the Christian, we must realize that there is always a step towards com um, completeness that we can take. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? There is always a step forward towards completeness that we can take. I want us to look at a portion of scripture, 2 Peter chapter 1, from verse 5 to 8. 2 Peter chapter 1, from verse 5 to 8. It says, For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with what? With goodness. Listen, I know you have faith. That was how you were saved. You believe in Jesus, and that's good. Amen. But Peter, and he admonishes us, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness. So Peter is telling you faith is not enough. I believe in Jesus is not enough. I go to church is not enough. Do you hear me? I serve in my local assembly is not enough. I pray in tongues is not enough. You know. It'd be not, you know, some people may say, okay, you talk that way because you don't have prayer life. If you have prayer life, you know the importance of prayer. So we'll just spend some time praying now. Great. So I pray in tongues. I can be filled with the Spirit. I can pray in tongues and fire will fall. It's not enough. He says, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness. The KJV says, virtue. Be a virtuous person. Do you hear what I'm saying? Be a virtuous person. A genuinely good person. And not just for the sake of relationships. But for the sake of being good. He says, add to your goodness knowledge. Please go back. Add to your goodness. Okay, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to your virtue, knowledge. Verse 6. And to knowledge, temperance. Look at this. There is, there is a genuine um, prescription or curriculum for your growth. So I know I believe in God, but am I a good person? Am I a good person? Am I kind at heart? Am I genuinely loving? Am I virtuous? Am I an honest person? Um, do I have integrity? Many people don't have integrity. 
You can't say X, Y, Z and people believe that that's what it is. Listen, as a young person, it is dangerous if people don't, if people have associated you with a dishonest lifestyle. Your journey just started. <laughs> if people already know you now to be dishonest, there are many doors in the future that they won't present to you because they don't trust you. This is a teaching on relationships. But if you will get it right as a Christian first, you will have it better in relationships. Many of you, people don't trust you because you said you were traveling to point A. When they called you, you were in another place. So something came up. Something, something always comes up. Plans always change. You can't say, I'm going to, I'm going to Bodija and it's Bodija you went to. Or I'm going to Kavanchan, it's Kavanchan you actually went to. Add to your faith virtue. Have virtue. Add to your virtue knowledge. Many of us as young people, listen, let me tell you something. There is this laser fair attitude that this generation has to learn in that would destroy us. I was watching a skit or video online the other day and this young boy in the United States was asking um, his schoolmates to tell the time. He just took an analog clock that's the one with hands and was going around and was saying, what time is it? How many of you have seen that video? Most of them could not answer. You are a young person. This is the time to learn. Learn different things. Open your mind. Nobody wants to be... Please forgive me for what I'm about to say. Nobody wants to be in a relationship with a dullard. And I don't believe anybody is born that way. Listen, if you don't use your brain cells, they will die. It's science, that's science. If you don't make use of your brain cells, they will die. The reason why, so there was, there was there's this thing, I think it's called, I've forgotten the name of the show, but there was this test they did. So adults, for instance, are better at simple mathematics than teenagers. Do you know? Do you know adults are generally better at simple mathematics than young people? Because adults didn't grow up with calculators. So for 300 minus 178, they will quickly calculate. Some of you are 300 minus 178. <laughs> so they'll quickly give answers off the top of their heads. You, 300 minus 178, where's my phone? <laughs> if you don't use your brain, so, and, and the thing is, when you went, okay, Raise your hand if you read a technical course, like engineering, something hard. I'm sorry if I didn't... If... All right, raise your hand. Talk, please put your hand down. <laughs> All right, I'm just joking. But many of you... Okay, so let me use myself as an example, right? I read engineering. And in chemical engineering, there's this subject called control systems. It is pure wizardry. Pure wizard. I'm telling you, pure wizardry. So... The you are, I opened my I was going through my library the other day and I and I dug out my notes from the university. And so I was flipping through my control systems pages 
And I was just looking at this thing and I kept thinking to myself, was I the one that solved these questions? Because if you ask me to do it now, you see those cells, they have died. They are not alive again. I don't know it anymore. You are a young person, add to your faith knowledge. Be knowledgeable about scripture, but not just scripture. Don't be the kind of Christian that all you know is the Bible. Do you understand what I'm saying? Elections are coming, coming up right now. And you don't even know why you want to vote who you want to vote. You are voting who you want to vote because that's who everybody else wants to vote. You don't understand economic forces. You don't know what the implication of inflation rates are. You don't know all of those things. If I ask, how many of you know what the inflation rate is right now? Raise your hand. Do you know that there is nobody it affects more than the people in this room? And you don't know what it is. <laughs> so you don't understand why the dollar keeps going up. You don't understand anything. You're a young person. Add to your faith knowledge. Go for knowledge. Read. All this, I don't like reading books. Stop it. Do you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> Stop it. Pick something. Read. Grow up. You're an adult. Sometimes put on the news, watch news, what is going on around the world. And don't just watch, you know there's the type of news we like to watch, the gist type. But once they start business news, miss me with that please. Stop it, you are an adult. Don't force people to live with your ignorant self. Add to your faith knowledge. Say knowledge. knowledge. Then add to knowledge temperance, self-control. See, do yourself a favor. Now that you are young, tame your appetites. If you cannot help yourself, once you see... You are a guy, once you see a woman, you lose your senses. Start now to tame your appetite. Let me tell you, it won't change when you get married. Marriage will not curb it for you. The best gift you can give yourself as a young person is the gift of self-control. That nothing will have tyranny over my life. Not food, not money not um, social validation, not sex, none of those things will have tyranny over my life. Add to your faith, self-control. Some of you are quick to be angered. Somebody makes a light comment, and you boom, you are sparked. Learn self-control. Don't say that's how I am. That's not how you are. You know, one of my favorite things is Tim Lahai. He wrote this book. I don't know if Tim Lahai is a guy or a woman. He's a guy, Tim. Tim Lahai, Tim Lahai wrote this book. Why you act the way you do. Raise your hand if you've read the book. Again, look at you. <laughs> All right. 
And in that book, he described the four temperaments, choleric, sanguine, phlegmatic, and melancholy. And how you can be a combination of two of those temperaments. And then, because you're a combination of those two temperaments, there's a way you will act, some certain, um, some certain weaknesses you will have, some certain strengths that you will have, certain expectations, you know, I, that we could have from you because of those temperaments. And for a long time, a lot of people ran. And they say, me, I'm a male sang. I'm a choleric phlegmatic. I'm a this one, this one. And I love the fact that he responded to that book with a book called Spirit Control Temperament. And this is basically what he wrote the book for. No matter the temperament you are, the Holy Ghost will control your life. You can't say because I'm choleric, I can flare up anytime and get angry anytime. And you know, there's a way, there's a way we validate our bad behaviors. You will say violence is the only language some people understand. Let me teach you now. Fix up. Listen, anger is best when you can do it when you want to. Do you understand? So you tell yourself, I should be angry at this. And then you get angry. And then you control your anger. You shout, say what you want to say, then stop talking and move on. People don't respect a hot head. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? Are there people that when you hear them shouting, they say, ah, they've started again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But there are some people that if you hear them shout, you say, ah, whoever is shouting at is wrong. <laughs> because this person doesn't just shout. As a young person, the biggest gift you can give to yourself, your future self, is the gift of self-control. Listen, let me tell you a story from scripture. A woman went to meet Jesus. Her child was dying. And she asked Jesus to heal her child. And this was Jesus' reply. You do not take the bread that is meant for children and give it to dogs. Respond as yourself. Say, because, let me mess up. Because I came to meet you for healing. You have come here, my child, dogs. But the woman was self-controlled enough to say, even the dogs will feed off the crumbs that fall from the table. And Jesus responded, I've not seen such great faith. It wasn't just her faith. There was self-control inside. Do you hear what I'm saying? Some opportunities that you will receive in life may not come the way you expected them to come. You may need to control yourself to actually unravel it and then find the true treasure inside. So add to your faith self-control. I don't know what it is. I, I don't, there are many th I don't usually chase after a lot of things. So, but I don't know what it is about these people and the devices they make. Once they release a new one, I must get it. We laugh. We laugh. <laughs> but many of you, once the people in Silicon Valley should announce that they are doing iPhone 15, your iPhone 14 suddenly becomes obsolete in your eyes. You must change it. I must change it. I must buy a new one. I must buy a new... When will you have self-control? When? When? <laughs> when will you learn to tame that appetite? 
you don't tame your appetites by feeding them. Some people say, let me just buy the iPhone 15 so that I'll get it out of the way. When the 16 comes, you, the same problem will resurface. Do you hear what I'm saying? For those of you who have, I believe I'm talking to above 18 years old people. Those of you who have a high sex drive and then your body, your body is doing you like you want to kill somebody. Now, now, now. Listen, you don't tame that appetite by giving into it. Every time you give into it, it will ask for more and more and it will get worse every little time. The best gift you can give your future self is the gift of self-control. Start with the little things. Do you understand what I'm saying? I will pray every day. Whether I feel like it or not, I will discipline myself to pray every day. Do you hear me? He says, add to your faith temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. Listen, there is religion and there is godliness. That I choose to be a, Christ, a Christian Christian. Like a, a Christian to the... Like I'm offended if I've spent two days with you and you don't know I'm a Christian. That kind of Christian. <laughs> Godliness. That certain things, people can't say it to me because I'm too conservative. Godliness, godliness will save you. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. It will save you. You know, there's a way we can mask our greed and our love for material things. We say we are buying the field. We are seeking influence. And you know that I believe that we must seek influence. Amen? Amen. Uh In fact, most of last year's campfire, that's what I taught. As believers, we must seek influence. We must go for the positions. We We must plant ourselves in good places. But... We must do it with godliness. We must know where to draw the line. If this will require my godly standards, I can't do it. I don't care what our friendship means. If you do not respect godly standards, I can't do it. Some jokes will never be funny to me. Do you hear what I'm saying? Never. I don't care what the joke is. Some movies I won't watch because of what? Godliness. I know that, you know, there's one big problem that our generation has. We like to throw the baby away with the bathwater. The thing that is good plus the one that is not good, we carry everything and throw it away. So, for instance, members of the Scripture Union of old, SU. Of course, I know that many of them were very judgmental. They were very judgy and all of that. And that part we should throw away. But there was a level of godliness that they had that we must seek to preserve. I know people have told you that Christianity is bad. You know what Christianity is? Christian language. I'll pray for you. It is where uh, God did. Learn how to speak it. 
Somebody presents a problem to you. Don't let it be that your first problem is her. So what do, your first response is her. So what do we do now? Let it be that your first response is, can we pray about it? Can we pray about it? Let's pray about it. Let there be godliness in your life. And he says, and to godliness, brotherly, brotherly what? The kind of kindness that says to your neighbor, I have two, you don't have any. Will you manage this one? There's something the prosperity gospel has done to our generation, to Christians generally, that is unhealthy. It has given us this competitive mindset where if you have plenty and somebody beside you doesn't have enough, you don't think that this person needs what I have. What you start thinking is he doesn't have because he did not apply himself to principles. It's the madness of people being persecuted in the north. You hear that somebody was killed and some ignoramus, there's a Christian, would come out and say, if she had prayed that morning. Have you heard, have you heard people say that before? Where is your brotherly kindness? Where is it? That ah, this person that is suffering is my brother. This person that is suffering is my sister. And so I must act accordingly like they are my brother and sister. Add to your faith brotherly kindness. And then he now says, and to brotherly kindness, love, charity. Let's be a loving person. You can see how, even if we're talking about relationships and dating and all of that, this is the type of person you want to date. Is that correct? This, this is the person you want to date. You want to date a grown Christian. And a grown Christian is not one who can quote all the portions of scripture or who flows freely in the things of the spirit or who casts out devils. The Bible says, this sign shall follow them that believe in my name. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. So as a baby Christian, you should be casting out devils. I mean, I just, I just received Jesus now and I turned and I saw a demon-possessed person. I should cast out that devil. Amen? Amen. Uh, because in my name, they'll cast out devils. It comes with the package. The grown Christians are the ones who exhibit properly the fruit of the Spirit. That the man of God may be complete unto every good work. So ask yourself, are you, good, are you good enough for the people you want to date? You are a man. You see this sister in church. She's fervent. She prays. She does all of those things. And you want to carry your problems and enter her life. Don't laugh. Because you women do it too. <laughs> you want to carry all your problems and enter into her life say I, I, just, I just love the way you pray I just love the way you love God but you, you don't love God you are looking for a woman that will be praying for your children I didn't know your children 
there must be a quest for completeness. And when you are writing a spec list for who you want to date, this is God's spec list for the person. This is it. You must add to faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, temperance, to temperance, goodness, to goodness, brotherly kindness, to, um, to temperance, rather, patience, to patience, goodness, goodness, um, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, charity, love. This is it. Before he must have money, she must have money. The, um, the woman must be carved like number nine or number 12. This is what you should be looking for. Do you hear what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. All those your specifications will wear out. Amen. Amen. Will wear out. Amen. I said this thing on Thursday. Let me say it again. A lot of people who are, a lot of ladies are always shouting, he must be rich, he must be rich, he must be rich. There's, there's, there's something that I hear in your statement that I don't know if you hear it too. Because he must be rich, he must be rich. It's because somewhere in your mind you don't think you'll be rich. <laughs> because if you think that I'm going to do fine by myself and afford the things that I want, then him being extremely wealthy will not be the factor. It will just be that at least let him match me. Let's take care of the home together. And then you now begin to prioritize things like, I don't want a man who will be intimidated by my success. Above, he must be rich. Is that true? So, he must be rich, he must be rich, he must be, okay, you find a rich person. God has blessed you. But the rich person doesn't know anything. He's not kind. There's no temperance. There's no self-control. There's no, he said, I don't know what came over me. I was so angry, that's why he hit you. Some ladies are shouting, hmm. But you, when you're angry now, you throw tantrums. You throw tantrums. You pick things and fling them away. I'm so angry. I'm so angry. Learn to control yourself. Let me wrap up with a story from scripture. Abraham was old and his son Isaac was of age. So Abraham called his servant and he asked the servant, go and find my son a wife. But swear to me that you won't pick a wife from one of my people because village people are wicked. <laughs> and so Abraham's servant swore, I won't pick a wife from one of your people. And he went out and he prayed to God and he said to God, God, be merciful unto my, my, my master, Abraham, and let me find a woman. And this was his criteria or criterion for picking the wife. He says, I'm going to approach one of these beautiful ladies and I'm going to ask her for a jug of water for me and my servants, the people that came with me. Not camels, servants. And if she obliges to give a stranger like me water, 
I will know that the Lord has shown his face on my servant Abraham. Now, there are two things here. The first is while he was stepping out, he prayed. Is that correct? God, show me the right person. But even after he prayed, he picked a very good metric for picking the right person. So prayer does not nullify common sense. He said, I know he's all that, but I saw him in my dream. I think, if you don't open your head and think. Prayer does not nullify common sense. I prayed does not take away the fact that I don't think this person is good for me. And so this young man, I think this is Genesis chapter 24. Let's read from verse 15. It says, And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born unto Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. Next verse. And the damsel was very fair to look upon a virgin, neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. The young woman was just going about her business. Next verse. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she, and she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him a drink. 19. And when, he, when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. Verse 20. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and, and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. 21. And the man wandering at her held his peace to wit, that is to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. 22. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels or weights of gold. 24. 24, please. And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, son of Micah, which she bare unto Nahor. Verse 25. And she said, Moreover unto him, we have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. Verse 26. And the man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord. 27. And he said, Blessed be the God of my master Abraham, who has not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I, being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Listen. Many things that she did there may not apply in the context of our society today. So for instance, it's not very good practice to invite strangers to your home. <laughs> but the general principles still apply. You can see genuine kindness. Do you understand? The man came to ask for water to drink. And she took initiative and said, you must be thirsty. Not just you, the people that are with you. And the camels you came with. It looks like you are going far. I'm not doing anything. Let me get you some water to drink. Please, notice that this message is not for women only. Do you hear what I'm saying? You cannot, as the son of Belial, be looking for Christ's daughter to marry. In your own kindness, you can't be looking for a kind lady to get married to. 
So this message is not for women only. As a man, are you a kind person? As a woman, are you a kind person? Most people in our society today, the man will approach the woman and she will bring out her phone that he is a, he's a creep. He's disturbing her life. He's, if she doesn't bring out her phone, I have a boyfriend. Are you a kind, just genuinely kind to people? Somebody walks up to you in the office. Can you help me do X, Y, Z? You have a cold shoulder. You're always mm, tightening your chest. A man slides into your DMs. Even if he's leading the wrong way or even said something wrong, you don't have to insult the person. Just tell him, just insult him, get him out. You are revealing a deeper problem. You have issues. <laughs> I'm sorry, you need to learn to be kind. You need to learn to be kind-hearted. You need to learn to say, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, if, you, I, if you can't bear the insult, and you know that I won't respond to this person in a kind way, just don't respond, keep quiet. Delete the thing, archive it, or delete it, or block the person. But not that somebody says something, you, you just tear the person down. This is the reason why most people are not in relationships. You don't know how to be kind. You don't know how to love people. You don't know how to care for people. Many times, many times we are just thinking about me, 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 me. I like the silence in the room. It didn't happen. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1, the Bible says, Let brotherly love continue. It says, For um, it says, be careful not to entertain. Sorry, it says, um, be open to entertain strangers. For some in so doing have entertained angels. Do you know that Abraham did not know that those three men were God and his angels when they came to meet him? They were just strangers. When the angels came to meet Lot in his home, we discussed this yesterday at Liberty Bible Course, Lot didn't know they were angels. When he was trying to protect them, they were just strangers. It was after Lot did his best to protect them, they now said, we are angels from the Lord and we've come. The Lord has commissioned us to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Carry your family and get out. Imagine if Lot saw them outside. Said, please don't put the door, don't put the door, leave them. Him and his family would have been in the present destruction. Learn to be a kind person. Do you have in your budget, like in your allowance, you have budget for other people? That's, ah, I remember that this, brothers, this is a very simple scope. Genuinely care for people. Stop playing games. That was, so what's our best color? Let me get, mm -mm. Genuinely listen to people. Watch out for what their problems are and care, just care, just care. Ah, I remember this sister, she has been doing this, 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 I noticed this problem, this problem, this problem. Just out of the blues, I just want to send you some money for this. No strings attached, no strings attached, just, just because I want to care. Same thing for you ladies. Genuinely care for people. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? You notice, you notice another sister in church as a lady. She wears the same this thing every single Sunday. She's wearing the same pair of shoes. Don't, don't loud it. Don't tell anybody. Don't even buy her shoes. Just send some money to her account and say. Then you can now say, I don't want to come off as offensive or intrusive, but I noticed this, 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 and I just thought I should send you some money for this. I'm sorry if it is offensive, but it was just on my heart. The end. I don't expect anything from you. I'm not just be a kind person. It's not too much. Stop, stop taking from people every time. All you want to do is collect, 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 take, take, take. It's not the Christian way. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not the Christian way. And what I'm teaching you is a big relationship hack. If in your relationship you genuinely cared for one another, you will have less fights. When many times, one thing that I've noticed in many relationships is many times when one party registers an offense, the other party doesn't hear that that person is offended. Immediately they begin to react to why you're offended by me. Somehow they make the offense immediately about themselves. So they become defensive. Do you understand? They become defensive. But if you can just genuinely calm down and listen, okay, I'm sorry I did that. I'm very sorry I did. The fight has finished. Everybody has gone home. Add to your faith. Add to your faith. Let there be a quest for completeness. Do you hear what I'm saying? Let there be a quest for completeness. Listen, I want you to do some much-needed introspection. I know when we teach relationship series, most things you want to hear is uh, uh, spec, no spec, pick this kind of guy, don't marry this kind of woman. Mm -mm. Before you take out the log in someone else's eyes, remove I mean, before you take out the speck in someone else's eyes, remove the log in your eye. Many Christians are not genuinely good people. Like I go on Twitter and I see some things some people say to other people and I'm like, how can you, in all fairness, as a good, proper, upstanding citizen of society, say this to another person? How? How now? How? Recently, there is this revival that is going on somewhere in the United States. And most of the Christians I've seen talk about it are talking about it like it's a sham. Like, do you know how hard-hearted you must be to see a revival taking place in this generation? In the United States of all places. Do with that information what you will. <laughs> and then your immediate thought is, it's a sham. They are not doing it right. You don't even stop for a second to say, thank you, Jesus. Be a genuinely good person. Amen. 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 My call to you today is seek completeness. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, 
for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Notice, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. There is something called instruction in righteousness. I'm already a righteous person, but there are instructions that I must live up to in righteousness. So that, verse 17, the man of God may be truly furnished. It says, perfect and complete unto every good work. That is God's expectation of you. Do you hear what I'm saying? God does not expect you to remain a baby Christian. And this is how you get corrected. When the word of God comes, harden not your heart. I've said my bit on self-control now. A lot of people just heard it, laughed. But you will still go out on the streets and the first person that cuts you up in traffic, you whine on and give him the five fingers of death. God help us. You better say amen. God help us. I hope you learned something today. If you like, don't learn. I'm just joking. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the teaching of your word. Thank you because the entrance of your word gives light. And Lord, thank you because as your word has come, it has shown in the dark corners of our hearts. Lord, we pray that we will become perfect and complete men, lacking nothing in you. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.